Hey everybody, Bob WP, and we are back with Do The Woo, episode 62. And I have the infamous, the one and only author of an amazing book my guest was just raving about before we even got on this show, Brad Williams. <laughs> hey Bob, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm, I'm well, thanks. You have a good 4th of July? Light, uh, any big fireworks over by you? You know, it's interesting because our beach, we're in phase three, which I won't get into that, but so people can go down to the beach, but it's not like the beaches you see, you know, it's not in Florida, it's Pacific Northwest, but we live right across the dunes from the beach. So we're just our, the scrub, I guess I should call it. So we're not that far away. So I just, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan because it takes me past my bedtime, but you know, it's, I just sit on the couch and I have two windows to look out and there's fireworks and they're all along the beach because they just open up a, about Oh, I'd say eight, 10 miles of the beach and people can go down there and they just basically put on their own shows. So, so, I mean, that's nice because I could stay in my house and, and watch them until pretty soon I started grumbling and saying, well, I'm going to get to sleep people. But, you know, I did it to myself. So, and I was in my house. So nobody, nobody said anything <laughs> How about yourself, Brad. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time and we, um, up in the Poconos and, you know, we have uh, our son's four, so. We're not staying up past past your bedtime, Bob, but, you know, so we're doing fireworks. It's still daylight out, but we blew some things up. I still have all my fingers, so that, yeah. that's a win in my book. Good, good. No no strange videos coming on Twitter showing Brian here accidents. So. <laughs> not yet. All right. Well, we are going to be diving in here real soon. Uh, have a great guest. But before we do, thank our sponsors, WooCommerce, our community sponsor. I'm going to say... 4.3 is out by the time the show comes out, but there was kind of a delay, so it may come out sometime this week, and we'll just see. So it could be there. It could not, and we'll talk about it more maybe um, next show. Recapture, an abandoned cart email marketing solution. They also, it's really three-in-one because they'll also send out review reminders. So if you want to do that, listen in. You can get 60 days free with a special link that you'll hear later in the show, and then Mode Effect. You're a WooCommerce partner to help you with your site optimization and speed. The team over there says they will help you increase profits, and I'm pretty sure they will if they, you let them dive into it. So check them out. Uh, let's let's go for it. Uh, Angela and Bowman, we have Angela here today. How are you doing, Angela? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Angela, how do you do the woo? You know, we, I, I, you know, it's it's interesting because I, when I look for guests, sometimes they just talk. That's all they talk about, you know. And other times, I found out, find out through osmosis or some other way that oh, this person does quite a bit with WooCommerce. So I'm just kind of curious, you know. First of all, how was your fourth? Let's let's start with that. Oh. It was great. We uh, tried to find the eclipse and the telescope, and um, apparently you really can't see that very well. So I thought I was seeing it, but it was really just the rim of the telescope going over. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not the eclipse. My son's like, look, we move it around and it goes away. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> We we hung out. We sat in the hammock. We kind of listened to all the the blasting going on around us, and it was just a really chill day. I actually, did my taxes. I got all my taxes done. I thought that was a very patriotic thing to do for the Fourth of July. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that before, but <laughs> good to cross off the list. 
right? <laughs> I felt a lot of relief. <laughs> but um, so how how I do the woo? Yeah, um, I started with wow. When did Woo Commerce come out? Two thousand eleven. That's probably when I started using it, right? Right? Maybe two thousand twelve. Probably maybe in two thousand twelve. Yeah. So. I've mostly um, had people come to me because they've had unique needs for their Woo commerce sites, or they already have an e-commerce solution and they want to transition to Woo. So um, one thing that I've gotten really good at is how to customize all the Woo commerce templates, or mostly work with the hooks to make uh, unique uh, pages for people in their their Woo commerce shops. So. People will install Woo, they'll look at it and they'll say, you know, it's kind of ugly. I need someone to make it look a lot nicer. So I usually work with a designer who comes up with these outrageous designs. And then I have dived deep into all the hooks and documentation for making those happen. A, a lot of which is about customizing the tabs. People are all about mm-hmm. wanting to customize tabs. And I don't like the plugin for doing that because it's kind of, I don't know. I don't think it's that efficient. It's kind of funky. So, so you know, I just work with the hooks and create, uh, use advanced custom fields to set up specific uh, content areas that they need to have their different types of content show on the product pages or category pages and um, work with a wide variety of clients from nonprofits to um to schools, like uh, I work with a mountaineering school here in Colorado, to um, to physical products. I work with a, a goat milk company <laughs> in the in the Northwest. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's there's a wide variety there, and I, I do enjoy the ecosystem a lot. I'm curious, you know, you have a like you said, you've been around WooCommerce and WordPress for for many years now um you're uh you know you've you've taught classes online um and it, probably even in person in in colorado there um when people come to you are they um are they already sold on woocommerce or are they just coming to you saying i need help i need to get online i need to sell or i need to i need to revamp my store i always like to hear from you know people's thoughts on that because there's a lot of options out there more so today than ever um WooCommerce certainly being one of them and a big part of the market. Um, but there's always the argument that it's not the easiest, right? Because yeah. just with WordPress, it can do anything you want, but you have to kind of make it do certain things, right? And at yeah. some point, you might hit a wall of how far your skills can take you. So I'm curious, with your experience and the type of people you're working with, you know, what's their feedback? Are they all in on Woo? Do you have to sell them? Is it an educational component or what's that look like? Um, I've had to go both ways. So um, one of my first big WooCommerce sites was um, originally a Shopify site. And they had some complex discounting they wanted to do, which they couldn't do in Shopify. So they moved, Woo was, didn't exist at the time. So they moved to a, a product um, in Colorado called OrderStorm. Um, because they were willing to customize their product to allow for this discounting, but their interface was very 1990s and really clunky and hard to work with. And when they were ready to kind of revamp their site, I knew that WooCommerce was on the scene and it had a lot of potentials. So I said, well, why don't we do WooCommerce with dynamic pricing plugin? And that took care of all of their 
complex discounting needs. And then they wanted to integrate with Salesforce and QuickBooks. And I think when you have companies who want to do have have more complicated needs lose the really the solution because you can you don't ever have to say no to them about anything you can make it all happen um and so that was a shopify to woocommerce transition then i just recently had the opposite where i had a company come to me who had been on the shop plugin do you remember the shop plugin s-h-o-p-p-e um Yeah, that was fun. Um, I didn't really start liking e-commerce until WooCommerce came about, by the way. <laughs> and there's good reason for that. <laughs> I think I hated oh. it, actually. <laughs> so they came to me. They were on shop. They needed to kind of update their their look. They had a really good designer in the company. He created these great designs. I coded it all in um, Woo. It, it was not an inexpensive project. And it all looked great. I mean, the site was beautiful. They were acquired by another company. And then that company was wanting to streamline things and they moved everything over to Shopify. And the Shopify site looks great, works great. At the time that they came to me, they wanted a product customizer, you know, where people could pick different components of the product and actually visually see it. So we used um, a product customizer we found on Code Canyon. It was pretty cheap and easy to set up. And that was like a big selling point for them to use Woo was this, some of these unique things they wanted to do. But when they required acquired, the company that acquired them said, you know, these unique things aren't selling. This is a lot of work for not a lot of profit. Let's streamline everything. Let's make it a lot easier to maintain and simple. And so they moved over to Shopify. And I was so sad because we'd spent so much time on their WooCommerce site, but it was really the right choice for them. And mm-hmm. um I had another client come to me in Boulder, the Mountaineering School. They said, we want to use WooCommerce. Here, We want to sell courses. I went to WooConf um, that year. And I said, um, maybe you don't want to use WooCommerce. Maybe you want to use a third-party package. So I spent all this time trying to talk them out of using WooCommerce just because I wanted to make sure they were already sold on WooCommerce. But I needed them to prove to me Mm -hmm. that they had done their due diligence and looked at all of the other out-of-the-box packages that could meet their needs before we went into doing a bunch of customizations to create these online courses, or not online, uh, courses, which meant that we had to create um, custom fields at the variation level for them to be able to track all this information and have it go to Salesforce with dates per variation and all these, all these details. I'm sorry, is this too nerdy? I mean, this is. Oh, this is great. I mean, it's exactly what I'm thinking about because like you mentioned like the simplicity of platforms like Shopify and it's, it's something that I struggle with when friends or family come up to me and say, Hey, like, you know, online, that's what you do. I want to, I want to launch a store. How should I do it? And I always say, you get on Shopify, like to start, if if it's something new and I kind of hate to say it, but I feel like it's still the right answer is if you're just trying to proof a concept on something new, maybe you have a hobby that you're trying to see if there's something there, especially in today's environment when people are trying different things, maybe a career switch, maybe they're working from, you know, now they're forced to work from home and they need to do some different things. They're, they're thinking about, Oh, this hobby, maybe I can make it a, a legit business. I need to launch a store. And my concern is that they'll get so overwhelmed in the, in the setup and integration of getting WooCommerce running that they'll actually lose focus of 
proving whether what they have will actually sell, you know? So yeah. spend the 50 bucks a month or 30 bucks, whatever it is for a basic Shopify, get a super simple store online and then prove that it works. And then when things start to grow and you're like, okay, this is working, this is working, this is good. Then that, in my opinion, that's a good time to start exploring is Shopify where we should stay for the next year, two years, forever. Or should we now look at something that's going to be a little bit more robust? And I, I think that is a challenge that WooCommerce has today and is going to continue to have is that entry level. It's not, it's not entry level friendly. And I, and, and also just the maintenance, you know, I, I, so I have a couple very simple WooCommerce sites that would be the kind that you just install Woo, you run through the, the, um, Oh, the wizard and it adds your pages. And then we maybe have a very simple uh, flat rate shipping. So we don't have any shipping plugins um, and maybe they've included tax. So we don't have to worry about tax tables. And, um, but then, but then you have the problem of templates. So you, let's say you get the woo pieces all put together and you've added your products. Now, how does your site look? And now you've got to find a theme or have someone customize something for you and, and then you get that all set up so it's working. Then you have to maintain it and make sure that it doesn't break. And so, I, yeah, I do the same thing. I talk people out of it all the time. I just say it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Once you get into all the plugins you're going to need, you're going to spend a minimum of $300 to $700 a year on plugins. And you need to weigh and balance that plus maintenance for someone to keep this updated and have the site not break. And yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolutely fair point. I think just to kind of put this in perspective a little bit, um, the the market share of Shopify, I think, is actually bigger than most people realize. So, you know, obviously, WordPress dominates platforms out there. But in terms of um, websites that are running a content management system, and this is coming from W3Text.com, but a website running a CMS, WordPress is number one at 63%. Shopify is number two at 4.3%. It's ahead of Joomla. It's ahead of Drupal. It's ahead of these really robust platforms that aren't just e-commerce. They can do a lot more just like WordPress can, but it's sitting at number two um, and it has passed Joomla um, and is ahead of Drupal, which I think is pretty astonishing that um, Shopify is such a, you know, such a large platform now. And I think that is um, a, a very big uphill battle that WooCommerce it has to figure out. And, and I do think it is important because yes, it is that smaller market. It is the more small business mom and pop shops that are going in the entry level. A massive component of online sales is that SMB side. And that's what I think they're where they're struggling. Well, and it's also like this big company. I mean, this is a big company with manufacturing that transitioned to Shopify because they just realized it was more efficient for them all around. They didn't have to maintain a site and hosting and all of that. So Shopify scales. And I think companies like Skyverge and those people who are developing add-ons for Shopify and also WooCommerce, you know, they've been able to provide a lot of stuff for Shopify that, that makes it a highly competitive product. This episode is brought to you by Recapture Abandoned Cart Recovery and Email Marketing for WooCommerce. Anyone who runs a Woo shop knows how frustrating abandoned carts are. And getting them back with ReCapture is easy and setup takes less than five minutes. With their ready-to-use emails, you can take them out of the box and start working for you right away. You'll save time having to start from scratch. 
abandoned cart emails are managed for you automatically as the email service runs outside of your store, ensuring the best delivery to your customers. Their easy-to-read analytics reports will help you to monitor your cart recovery. And what's really cool is that you can watch what is happening live on your store with ReCapture's live cart feed. The plugin is highly optimized, so you don't have to worry about it slowing down your site. And their guarantee of email delivery, traffic increase loads, and support make it a valuable investment compared to all those free plugins out there. From what I hear, if you sign up, you'll be joining thousands of merchants who have already recovered over $115 million. Make sure and check them out, and as a listener, get 60 days free with ReCapture. Just go to recapture.io forward slash do the woo dash special. And now back to our conversation. Yeah, and I think your point of, of, I like what you mentioned where you kind of made the client choose or approve that they've done their due diligence. I think that's a really um, respectful thing that you did because I don't think that's common. Um, you know, I think most people say, great, you want to use the platform that I can set you up with. Awesome. You know, and I look at, I look at WooCommerce and I've said this on the show before, but I really look at all these things with different tools, right? There's a lot of options out there, whether it's WooCommerce or Shopify or even BigCommerce, which is growing, um, and a number of other ones, you know, Wix even that are a potential fit for what the person's looking to do. So we sit down and really analyze like, all right, what are you looking to do? Let's, let's work backwards from your goals and make sure that we're putting together the best plan for your go- to hit your goals for you to be successful. And maybe that's WooCommerce, maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's really tight Gutenberg integration, maybe it's not. You know, um, and I think it's I think you're doing a really good um, service for your clients by having those conversations, even if it might mean you're potentially losing some work because if you're putting them on a platform that ultimately you're just kind of sh- you know shoving them in where they may not fit then um, at some point it's going to end up kind of coming back <laughs> on you and blowing up in your face a little bit because you didn't do right by your clients or by whoever you're trying to help by not actually figuring out what they need and going from there, you're just kind of forcing a solution on them. So, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of WooCommerce. Obviously, we, we do a podcast about it, but I don't think it's the right fit for absolutely everything. Um, I don't think anything's the right fit for everything in terms of online, right? <laughs> Even WordPress. Especially if you know their competitors are using other products. And so what I did is I created a pretty big spreadsheet of every one of their competitors, every platform those competitors were using, the pluses and minuses of those platforms, um, and and made them look at that with me and tell me. <laughs> That's a pretty interesting analysis. Were, were the competitors all using, if you remember or can even talk about it were they're all using the same platforms or were they all different or there were there were a few there was there was a handful of platforms that they were using there were you know one was even using gravity forms okay. <laughs> you know it was it was that was fascinating i love gravity forms you you could you can rock the world with gravity forms but um yeah but i put it on there just to say you know like okay but no they were pretty sophisticated platforms and i felt they were really um, viable, but this client really said, I have this one specific thing that we really want to do. And we don't believe that we can do it in these other platforms. And they were actually coming off a platform um, that was costing them a lot of money every month. And, 
um, they wanted to just run it themselves. And I was very honest with them about, well, this is going to cost a lot of money. You're going to pay me a lot of money. You're going to have a lot of things come up. But they've been happy so far. We even hired a team in India to do a few of the customizations for them. We, we did some customizations that they ended up realizing they didn't really need and we didn't use. And, um, you know, it's clients can come up with lots of complicated problems that sometimes they don't really need to solve. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that's been an inch. I think that's been my biggest learning experience with WooCommerce is clients want, because they can, because they can making things more complicated than they need to be. Yeah. I mean, that's the, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the problem is, is they make, yeah, sometimes they overcomplicate things. And I think a lot of it is just because um, without understanding the effort that goes into doing something. Um, and I, again, I'm generalizing a little bit, but you know, I see this a lot without understanding the effort it takes to do something. There's a, there's an assumption like, okay, well, we want to do this, but they don't realize, well, the, the, the ask is like a, a hundred hour <laughs> custom, you know, integration because there's no other option. Um, you know, so a lot of it's just kind of educational, like you said, to say, Hey, you know, like, is that really going to be worth the effort or the cost or the time? Are you really going to see a return on that? we're always coaching clients, work with clients to really say like, let's, where's the biggest bang for your buck? You're investing in us. Mm-hmm. Like we want you to be successful because if you're successful, then we're successful. And that means there's also more work. So it's a win-win. Um, so rather than focus on this crazy feature that maybe nobody will use, let's focus on the areas that we know they're going to love, um, you know, and, and kind of prove that. So it's, yeah, it's a lot of just education with your clients. And and even you can educate them and they still insist that they need and must have this thing. And I think what's, I've been very humbled. I'd say more than anything, using WooCommerce has humbled me. It, it's, it's humbled me in terms of selling people on it and realizing, you know, I, I don't want to sell them on it. It's humbled me in terms of, just the effort it takes to keep it going <laughs> and not having things break. But but mostly in those feature requests, you know, and, and they'll insist on doing it. And I feel like now in the future, I've had enough experience where I would probably push back even harder on not making the money and convincing them not to do something that they think that they must do. Yeah. And, and I might even push more people towards Shopify, honestly, even if they have um, many... Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of income coming in through their site. Uh, yeah, I'd have to find out what the breakpoint would be price-wise for using Shopify versus Woo. But I, I think a fair comparison is like when you look at an e-commerce setup, um, you know, look at like hosting. I think there's a fair comparison between like a managed host, somebody like a WP Engine or a Pagely, where they kind of do it all for you, right? They handle the servers. They, you don't really need to know. I mean, you know, high level specs, but you don't need to know all the minute details of how everything's set up. They just handle it for you. Um, but there's a, a, a greater cost for that versus going with Amazon, AWS. Um, it's super cheap to spin up very powerful servers, but generally speaking, you're going to have to pay a sysadmin or someone that knows what they're doing to do that and to continue to maintain it. So I look at AWS, kind of like the WooCommerce setup of it's, it's, it could be cheaper. It's, it's endlessly flexible, but you have to pay someone or have a team that could manage that ongoing. So there's that cost on top of it, or you go with something like 
you know, that's managed like a Shopify and they kind of take all the headache out. There's no updates. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a whole support team, a whole staff to make sure your, your shop's running and working and, and online. Um, it's not on you to necessarily uh, manage that. So I think, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's a fair comparison to look at it. Do you want to pay more for that managed part? Maybe, but then there are also going to be some, some guardrails and, and some, some walls you're going to hit, like you mentioned, where you might want to do something that you can't do because it's just not possible on that platform. Um, so it's really a give and take. Like you said, I think the, the, the smart move is really look at a couple different platforms, really weigh out pros and cons, you know, map out what's important to, to that person in terms of their store and their features and what are like absolutely must haves versus kind of a wish list and, and make that fair comparison and then really see, see where everything lands to help you make that decision. Cause it is a big decision. doesn't mean you can't move off it, but again, you get a very established store migrating to a different platform turns into a pretty large undertaking. Yeah. And I, I think it's good that you, you mentioned the hosting environments because that's the other thing that this probably also been a very humbling experience is I've had to move a lot of people off of different hosts, including some hosts that we really do love and I've cherished for years because WooCommerce just runs slow um, on there. And, and a lot of sites have, that I end up working with become resource intensive because people can do so much with their WooCommerce site and they can run all these plugins and they want to do all of this uh, customer engagement uh, plugins and, diff- you know, uh, just different things that grind their site to a halt. And if they don't have the right hosting resources behind it, enough memory and CPU being thrown at it, it's, um, it's, it's going to be slow. And so I've moved people over to uh, a web host where they can't, where the host um, doesn't have fixed pricing. They just charge per the usage of what they're using on AW on, on Amazon. So it would be, you know, if they need more CPU, they need more memory, they're going to get it, but they're going to pay for it. I, I think that's the biggest education thing with with clients is just because you can install a plugin doesn't mean you should. And just because you think you need that plugin doesn't mean you really need it. <laughs> and and how to talk people back from that and get them to understand the performance hit that's going to take. And it, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing to me, and I don't really have a good answer for it. And I, I'd say right now my biggest pain point with WooCommerce is performance. Because of those things, that's something we we hear a lot about, um, and it's it's fair because it's doing a lot. There's a lot going on um, an e-commerce site versus just a standard content site. You know, it's transactional. There's payments. There's inventory. There's products. There's all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I think that's it's definitely an area that people need to be aware of up front to make sure that their setup is going to scale at least initially before they decide to make a bigger investment. Um, is around that performance piece. Yeah, and, and even you could go to a VPS and still not get the performance that you necessarily, you know, it's such a huge discussion. And I, I'd say in terms of doing WooCommerce, it's become the one area that's made me not want to have to do it because there I just don't have unless, you know, you can get deep into New Relic and start right. really proving to them, hey, this this one plugin you're using is is the problem. You know, yeah. you have to have pretty extensive background to dive into some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I look at plugins like it's like technical debt, right? Um, in a sense, like if you add, if you launch a site with 50 plugins, they're doing 50 different things. 
you know, the longer the site's running, the longer the site's growing, the more embedded those, whatever those features are, potentially are more embedded, um, which means they're potentially harder to get rid of. Um, and now you're, to your point, you're stuck supporting those, you're stuck updating them. There's the potential that any one of them or multiple plugins can have performance or security issues. Um, it's just more stuff you have to monitor. Like I, I, we build very complex sites and people are usually surprised and we'll have like eight plugins <laughs> or 10 yeah. plugins. And they're really big sites and, you know, but we take a lot of the stuff that you might use a plugin for and we don't use a plugin, you know, like social sharing buttons. We don't, you don't really need a plugin for that if you know what you're doing. And then there's one less thing you have to worry about. Is this going to break when we update it? Like are all my, you know, Facebook like buttons or, you know, whatever going to stop working when I click update, we just take that away. We take that, that, that potential away. We just hard code it because it is what it is. And, you know, if it changes, we'll just change the code, but it doesn't change often. So. So I always say it's just technical debt. Everything you add into your site, every piece of code, every plugin, your theme, everything is there is a cost. And the more complex it gets, the higher up that cost is going to go. So try to keep it as simple as you can. This episode is brought to you by Modeffect, an e-commerce agency specializing in WooCommerce. Cody and the team at Modeffect not only provide design and development of WooCommerce sites, but they are your partner to help you with site optimization and speed. We all know the importance of a fast loading shop, whether it's your customers who will likely leave a slow loading site or your customer service reps spending too much time on admin pages loading slow. At Modeffect, they help e-commerce stores get where they need to be by optimizing for speed and increased profits. So if you are tired of losing money and time, I would recommend you visit modeffect.com and have the professionals there get you the high profits and increased speed that you and your WooCommerce site deserves. That's ModeEffect, M-O-D-E-E-F-F-E-C-T dot com. Now let's head on back to the show. How do you feel about, when earlier you talked about hooks and templates that seems to be your love or what you really enjoy getting into so how do you feel about people integrating page builders into woocommerce sites or what has been your experience i you know i've I've just started to be the uh organizer for the uh elementor boulder meetup and i just started using elementor in december and I've used page builders because I teach classes and to people who want to build sites for clients and they don't necessarily want to have to learn how to do PHP. I tried teaching people how to do templating. I tried teaching Brad Williams book to people and, you know, in the, in the class of 10 people, I might have one person who could run with that. You know, um, I get a lot of designers, a lot of people in midlife uh, career transition who are, very good at marketing, design, who really want to build sites for clients, and the page builders are the way to go. Personally, with my WooCommerce templates, I, I've made, well, honestly, I haven't done much with the templates at all, because because of the hooks, you, you don't really have to touch the templates a lot. You can do a ton of stuff with advanced custom fields in the functions file, and that's it. And you're, you know, you don't, and CSS, right? So you don't necessarily have to be modifying the WooCommerce templates a lot. Um, so in terms of like Elementor, that will be a new thing that I'll be getting into teaching and showing people how to use um, Elementor to create a custom um, WooCommerce product page and archive page. And I honestly don't know how I feel about that yet. 
Okay, we'll have you back then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still would be, I want people to know the hook system. I want people to work with hooks, but I, I want people to know a lot of things they don't want to know. <laughs> so I don't know what to say about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about Gutenberg, how they're pulling a little bit of that here and there more into WooCommerce? Any, any thoughts or what you've thought about that? I, I'd say that's the direction to go. You know, I, I'd say I, I, I guess my general um, want of direction for everyone is to do things the WordPress way. So whatever WordPress is doing, that's what we should be doing, um, because then it's going to be, be maintained. It's going to go that direction more and more, and you won't have to have these additional plugins. And so if you can rely on WordPress core um, without having to layer a bunch of things, uh, you know, a third party plugins templates on top of that, I, I'd say I'd want that to be the case. Um, but I haven't gotten deep into that either. It's all futuristic. Yeah. 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 So, so right now, so far it's been just a lot of PHP and I think I'm just so happy to stay right in that and not have that crux of the template builder, though I've been building a lot of really complex templates with Elementor lately and using some um, plugins that will allow you to do all those same kind of conditionals on your fields that you, you know, with your advanced custom fields uh, in Elementor. And I'm doing it and I'm kind of scared at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I have just coded this? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it's a different world than it was in 2008. <laughs> There's things that are just too too easy to do and too tempting to do and uh, I don't know. I think I'm more curious these days in terms of WooCommerce it's more about maintenance, you know, what it, what are the best practices for maintaining a WooCommerce site? Should you ever purge old clients from your users, you know, list? Should you ever archive old orders you know if you have a site that's been running on woocommerce for like um really since 2012 or 2000 i think this site i'm working on now since 2014 and you have you know these uh tables in your database that have grown just exponentially you know should we look at kind of archiving some of that old data and purging it and i'm really curious what you guys have to say about that yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I haven't really thought about it, but it is. it does go back to that performance concern, right? And that's an area we see in WordPress. Um, the very, you know, sites that have a, just a ton of content and have been around for a long time, like you said, have, you know, there's essentially two tables, the post and the post meta table that just get massive, especially the post meta table, because for every yeah. entry, there's like 10 entries or for every post, there's like 10 entries at, at minimum. Most sites have way more than that. So, um it's actually not a bad thought. Like you need to be able to get to that data, but that doesn't need to be as quickly accessible as more, uh, you know, more current, maybe in the past year or two information, right? You don't want to like delete it because you might need it. If somebody comes back five years later and, you know, you're trying to figure out what they ordered and how you can help them and whatever that looks like, but it doesn't necessarily need to be in your primary tables. So, th yeah, I mean, there's probably a market for that. If WooCommerce isn't interested, like a third party to build something that helps you kind of, offload that, put it somewhere else where you can get to it, but it's not kind of right in your face, help with performance. Yeah. 
I had a client with 7,000 coupons in their WooCommerce database. And when we updated WooCommerce subscriptions and WooCommerce points and rewards plugin, something about their existing coupons made the coupons page throw a fatal error. And so rolled back points and rewards plugin got them to delete a bunch of coupons just because I was like looking at them like you have a lot of coupons going back like six years here. I think we can get rid of them now. They're all expired. (laughs) And then we didn't have the crash happening anymore because there was just one coupon in there that was, you know, maybe a few that was causing the problem. But I I do feel like when you, when these WooCommerce sites are in the hands of business owners, they don't know anything about how to keep their sites clean. And a lot of my handholding these days with sites after they're set up, is just like, I ne- didn't necessarily set it up. They've just have it. Uh, maybe I've reskinned it. But now instead of just being the themer person, I'm now their their support person, their technical support person for everything that I know very little about. And but I'm the only one they have to go to to figure this out. And I figure it out. But it's a lot of it's a lot of demand and a lot of stress on people uh, to support a WooCommerce site. I have to say, so. Um, it's very, very fun to build, very, very fun to theme, um, fun to set up, pain in the butt moving forward, particularly if you have clients who, who have a lot of stuff and a lot of legacy stuff. If you're going to take on Woo, you're taking on a lot of responsibility. So you want to have that real sense of partnership with who you work with and trust and that you're on the same page with, with how you're going to manage the site going forward because anything they mess up is going to come back to you to help them with. And so now I've just, I'm just learning like, oh, I just, I only have the bandwidth to maintain a certain number of WooCommerce sites and with certain types of clients so that I know that I'm not going to have my days interrupted. Yeah. I mean, you want to find, you want to, you know, it goes back to making the right recommendations, finding the right fit, not just for them, but for you, you know, I think a lot of people forget that. Um, And I understand like, you know, it's business, and you're, you know, we're in it to make money. Um, but if you, if you're setting yourself up in a position to fail, you probably will. So it doesn't make sense to take on a project you're not comfortable with or, uh, to build out a site that, you know, is not going to work well in WooCommerce just because they want it. You know, it's just going to end up in a very bad spot. You want to get good clients. You don't want the needy clients that don't respect the boundaries that you set. Yep. Um, I understand there's emergencies that happen and we have, contingencies for that and plans for that. But, you know, all too often you hear, well, I don't, you know, we don't really need that SLA or we don't need that 24 seven support. Okay. But then when they do need it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's at 10 at night and they're wondering why we're not hopping online to help. You know, that's, we've had those conversations. So you want to just make sure everything, you know, it's, you're very clear up front there. They understand what services you're providing, especially on the support side, because there is going to be that expectation if something goes wrong at night, are they going to call you? Is there an expectation that you're going to fix it? If there is, make sure it's written down, you know, and make sure you get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's where I don't think I'll reskin sites anymore because, you know, the sites that I've helped people build from the ground up, I've chosen all the plugins. I've advised them on the plugins. I, They don't install a bunch of stuff. I feel comfortable in that space. I'm great. The clients who really do install all their own plugins you know, things are a little bit more out of control and out sort of a space that like no enough to be dangerous, right? <laughs> well, you know, and it's not like they're all horrible plugins. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but it, but it's like, wow, I just can't, 
I just can't support you <laughs> like in the way that you need support because there's too many variables here that I I don't work with. And my other WooCommerce clients, I only hear about them when they need new features. And I only hear about you when your site is not working properly. And, and that's not my fault. I'm your themer. <laughs> You know, but now I'm going to remove myself from that role. If I can't fully support them on their site completely, I'm not even going to agree to be the person to reskin it. Do you know if that if that makes sense? You know, the uh, it, it's an interesting role when you're when you're a solopreneur. You you end up wearing maybe more hats than you want to wear. So so that's there's a lot of learning curve, a lot of responsibility with WooCommerce, and I think we could all be uh, very conscious of of that responsibility we're putting on ourselves and on our clients yep well perfect words of wisdom to um round out the show with and especially since i won't ask either of you for support for my site <laughs> which has i won't tell you how many plugins but we'll just leave it at that i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with my plugins and moan and groan to myself if i have issues so we'll we'll um, go with that any announcements? I I, I was going to say WooCommerce 4.3 may may not be out by the time the show comes out. We'll see. Anything, uh, Angela, you have going on either um, personally or professionally you want to share? Well, I am, again, the um, co-organizer of the Elementor Boulder Meetup. We meet the first Tuesday of every month, um, and that's at noon Mountain Daylight Time. You can find us on meetup.com, Elementor Boulder. We will be talking about WooCommerce templates at some point in the near future. I'm also the co-organizer for the Boulder WordPress Meetup, which is the third Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. And again, on meetup.com, Boulder WordPress. Um, these are all via Zoom. And we've been it's been great to have people from around the country participating in these. And next, I think the week after this airs, so this this is going to be coming out on July 9th. I'm teaching a class July 13th and 15th at Boulder Digital Arts on um, SEO. Um, part of the class is just basics of SEO. The rest of the class is just getting all those uh, settings set up in uh, Yoast and understanding anything and everything you need to know about Yoast. So I'm excited to be doing that. Excellent. Brad, anything Um Another book coming out or anything like that? No. Not, well, who knows? But nothing on the horizon. Still uh, check out Professional WordPress Plugin Development 2nd Edition. Is out on Amazon? So give that a shot. just came out uh, just a few weeks ago, actually. So um, it's all. Highly recommend. Angela's a big fan. <laughs> Professional <laughs> WordPress series. So we might be talking about the fourth edition of the other book, the original. Um, so we'll see. Nothing official yet, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know. After hearing everything you got going on, Angela, I feel like I need more on my plate, but I don't really have <laughs> much summertime. Just trying to like get in the sun and be in, you know, floating water somewhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> All righty. Well, Brad, you want to close that out for us? Absolutely. So, Angela, why don't you tell everyone where they could find you online, website, social media, any places they could reach out and say hi? Uh, AskWPGirl.com and then AskWPGirl. I mean, yeah, AskWPGirl everywhere, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, yeah. So, And I'm also a co-host of the women in WordPress podcast. So we'd love for you to tune into that as well. And that's women in WP.com and on Twitter, women in WP. Check it out. We always love when we have 
uh, fellow podcasters on the show because then Bob and I don't have to talk as much, which is great. And it's really good. <laughs> it's a good yeah. conversation. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, it's a great show. Um, and I want to thank our sponsors before we wrap up here. So recapture.io, they've been a sponsor for a number of episodes now, but just like the tagline says, in five minutes, you can get rid of your abandoned cart problem and boost your store's revenue by 10%. That's, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't take them up on that. So if you're not doing any kind of abandoned cart um, setup or integration, uh, you should be. So check, check out recapture.io. WooCommerce.com is always our, our community sponsor. Um, and Mode Effect, Cody L., one of my buddies. Um, if you're in the uh, WooCommerce, if you're looking for some WooCommerce support, uh, build-outs, anything like that, you can check out modeeffect.com and Cody, uh, Cody L. will take care of you over there. So... Um, what I forget, Bob, anything? Nope. I think that's it. I think we're good to go again. Thanks, Angela. It was great having you on and hearing, hearing about your bonus. Thank you. So until next time, I'm Brad and he's Bob and we'll see you on the next do the woo. <laughs>